Pulse Audio Podcast Network. Whether you're drinking red or white, may your holidays be bright. And welcome to Whining About Herstory, the drunkest women's history podcast. That's super not true. Yeah, the the whiniest. Why aren't women in my history books, damn it? The whiniest women's history podcast out there. Or at least coming out of Minnesota. Especially coming out of Minnesota. Where, you know, everyone's passive aggressive instead of whiny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, uh, it looks like you left something out. You know, were there no women around during that time? That's so interesting. Anyway, uh, I'm Emily. I'm Kelly. And get ready to hear about some women from history that you probably haven't heard of. And for our lovely funerarians and funeristas, this is for you. Also, you guys get to see the <laughs> majesty that is... This sweater I'm wearing. Kelly is wearing the most epic holiday sweater. Actually, is the second most epic holiday sweater I have ever seen in my life. The first most epic was Jared used to have it, but it got ruined. It was blue and it had a snowman on it with a dog peeing on the snowman. Okay, the snowman good. was like, no. Mine is a pug in a Santa hat and a very festive collar. It's cute. Yeah, it's like a pug and an elf Santa. I think I, think I might have gotten this at Ragstock. Ooh, Rex. There is a Christmas sweatshirt Which means there. It had to have been with you because I only go to Rex with you. It's funny because that sweater looks familiar, but I have no idea from where. Like I have no memories associated with it. But Ragstock has this Christmas sweater of a T Rex and a Santa hat. It's it's a oh, sweatshirt. I've seen that one. Yeah. Every single year I see it and I'm like, I should fucking buy that. And I never do. I always so think I should buy it for you. I'm putting it out do. there. I want that as a gift. Like it's one of those things like I want, but I don't want to buy for myself. Cause it's like, when am I going to wear it around the holidays? It, it right. feels like such a waste, but for literally like it's been five years and I'm like, but that sweatshirt, damn it. Yeah. This was in a box until today. Nice. But I'll wear it tomorrow. I am also wearing a festive sweater it's not funny but it's comfy and it's super cute and i got it on it it's got like one of those like droopy cowl necks yeah this is a sweater i will like wear outside the holidays like seasons be damned this is amazing and i got it at goodwill for god's sakes and then kelly is my lovely little reindeer and i'm a santa baby what's up santa baby come give me some wine right now i'm sober really want that to be over okay right. we can do that <laughs> segueing into our wine yes please do so i picked tonight crispus or crip sis because it's the closest thing to christmas we had it's and like it's a red it's like when you're really drunk you're like merry christmas i love so you it has a really i'll just post a picture but it has a really neat label and it says so it's a Lodi Petite Syrah 2019. So hiding in Lodi? plain sight. Yeah, so let's see. L-O-D-I. It sounds like you're saying Logie, which is Lodi. very unappealing. Hiding in plain sight, Crypsis wine ensnare the senses like camouflaged animals, blending in and bending the line between what's real and what's imaginary. It, okay, this is making me sound, it's sounding like cryptid. Like, Crypsis is a reference to cryptid, because it's like, Maybe. camouflage, what's real, what's not? Sasquatch is out there. Hashtag the truth is out there. <laughs> happy right. holidays, everyone. Cheers to happy holidays. Ooh, that will have just thing. passed when you're listening to this episode. Yeah, it's, but our Patreons will be watching this before Christmas. You know what? Here's the thing. The holidays are in your heart. Don't tell. let anyone tell you otherwise. Mm, this is like spice, spicy, sour. Mm. It's bitter. It's tart. Let me just keep naming adjectives before one feels right in my mouth. I'm not a fan. Mm-mm. There's a, like the back end is a good, like it's a good wine. Like, yeah, like I said, on the back end, but like the second it hits my tongue, there's just something real gross about it. It's funny because. The back end is my least favorite part because it gets really bitter. I don't mind it, though. Mm-mm, like, I don't think I would drink this recreationally, but I, you know what it reminds me of? This is the wine that you drink in the woods, 
in your fairy, you know, princess dress, Lord of the Rings style. Like, this is the wine that the Elf King gives you. Yeah. That may or may not be roofied. Watch out for the Elf King. He's kind of a dick. Maybe that's why mine tastes funny. Emily's roofying me. Uh, Kelly, I don't have to roofie you. (laughs) I get to go first. Yeah. We have a little accidental uh, symmetry? Synergy. Synergy. Yeah. We, we linked our minds again, as we do so often. Yes, our uteruses started glowing at the same time, and uh, we did, we both did fairy tales. Mm-hmm. Kelly's is actually holiday-themed, though. Mine is not. Right. So I'm covering Snigarochka. It's, uh, it means the snow maiden, <gasps> and it's a Russian fairy tale. Are you doing Frozen? I think it's roughly what Frozen is based Let off of. Well, that's Han, That's a Hans Christian Andersen, okay, the no. Ice Queen. Nope, but nope, nope. I feel like don't most cultures where it snows have some kind of like snow bitch fairy tale? Probably. Yeah, this one's it, a little bit different. Yeah, because winter is a bitch. <laughs> so usually translated uh, to snow girl or snow maiden in English, uh, she is a Christmas character with complicated or- origins. Snigorochka is generally considered to have roots in the old Slavic pagan past. Uh, It's possible that they derived her from the patron god of winter um, because the Norse goddess Skowi or Skouty. I don't know. Skouty. Um, That's that was her name. And there were Russia or there were uh, Norsemen that settled in Russian areas, obviously. So it might've come from that, but they don't know. Uh, she is unique that she is attributed to Dead Moroz, uh, which is Russian's Santa, essentially. Oh, I, I thought you were describing like a dead something. No. I'm like, what's a Moroz? Oh, okay. Maybe it's Dade. Dade Moroz. We'll go with that. Say say it like with a thick Russian accent, like you just took dead a Moroz. shot of vodka. Yeah, with that real like throaty. <laughs> that sounds Irish. <laughs> you got like a Scottish bro going. Um, anyways, so yeah, he he's like kind of their father Christmas figure. Um, and during the usual scripts of like Christmas celebrations, uh, Snigorochka's appearance is usually accompanied by the audience waiting for her to show up and screaming her name. I love that. Uh, Snigorochka is uh, unique in that a lot of other cultures don't have a female companion that is not married or an obvious blood relation to their Santa type figure. Such as Merry Christmas. Right. Mrs. Claus. Mrs. Claus. Yep. Um, so Snigorochka really appeared in Russian folktales around the 19th century. And sh- there there's two ways that they tell it. She's either someone that Dave Moroz like helped or she's his daughter it's kind of it the original says he she's not so that's what we're kind of going to go with but sometimes people say that she is so um visual uh so she was originally just a fairy tale but then visual um i don't know what the word i'm looking for things objects Started first appeared as Christmas tree decorations. So like she wasn't just oh, like people like weren't a, just dressing up as her, but the first time she appeared visually was people a, started making little ornaments. A physical of her. representation. Yeah. Okay. So they and they would hang from the fir trees for, for Christmas. Aww. Uh she is normally told to be a young girl or teenager with blonde hair that is curly or in two braids. She has shiny blue eyes and pale skin. Snigorochka wears a white or light blue green dress or light blue dress, a jacket and a Russian cap with fur edges. Sometimes she is described to wear a crown of shining beads, pearls, or icicles. In most stories, Snigorochka um helps bring gifts with Dade Moroz to the children and good-hearted people. So she's not so much a snow bitch. She's like kind of like Santa's sexy helper. Not even that. I'm going to tell you the story of Snigorochka. Okay. By the way, every time you say Snigorochka, I'm like, my heart. I have to like say it in Russian. Because otherwise, I I feel like I'm bastard, and I might be bastardizing no, 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 it anyway. But like, it sounds really good the way you're saying it. Like, I want to go to a thing and be like, "Oh yeah, Snigorochka." Like, I know what I'm talking about. All right. So, in the popular Russian folktale, there's an elderly couple who are not able to have children. They live in a small log cabin far away from other people, and were very lonely. 
One day it was snowing and the couple was gathering wood outside when they remembered the fun days of their youth building snowman and they started to shape a snow girl. They gave her blue beads as eyes a red, and a red ribbon became the girl's mouth. They even gave her tiny dimples. Cu- the couple looked at her, their creation and feeling sad or, and were feeling sad. Dusk began to fall and the man and the woman cast a last longing glance to the snow girl. Winter wizard Ded Moroz was watching them and he... He saw the years of hard work and hopes that were not fulfilled. He took pity on them, rose his wand, and the snow girl came alive. The girl approached a couple, saying, If it pleases you, I have come to be your daughter and will care for you as my mother and father. They could not have been more surprised or happy. The couple knew that the child was not part of this world, and there would be a day when she would have to leave them. Snigorochka was loved by everyone. She was kind to humans and animals alike. She loved the forest and the beautiful wintry world, where she spent as much time as possible. Though she, she too started to become sad, and to try to cheer her up, her parents took her into town to see all the winter festivities. There she met a young, handsome man who was playing the flute and fell in love with, and they fell in love with each other. She got thirsty. <laughs> One day in the wood, Ded Moroz appeared in front of Snigorochka, warning her to be careful in this relationship and, and when spring arrived. Snigorochka did not want to listen. The young man agreed to meet Snigorochka in the woods, and on an early spring day they met. She heard him playing his beautiful music and was about to run into his arms, but when her feet touched the bare ground that was coming out underneath the snow, Snigorochka disappeared. Oh, shit! The young man was brokenhearted and the girl's parents devastated, although they knew this day was coming. Dedmoroz had witnessed the scene, and he managed to catch the icy wind that rose when, she, when Snigorochka had disappeared. He brought her spirit to the frozen lands of the north and gave her back her human form. Ever since then, she has been his companion. Summers they spend in the far north where the snow never melts, and in winter they travel all across the Slavic lands, giving gifts to those who are kind and gentle, like the elderly people who who had wished to have children of their own. So So that's one version of Snigorochka. There are notes of, let's taste this story. Let's swirl it around and breathe it in. There's notes of Frosty the Snowman. Yep. Um, Thumbelina. Yep. Even the Bible. Like, there, there's a lot of fairy tales and lore and things that revolve around an elderly couple wanting to have a child mm-hmm. and not being able to. Even the Bible. Like, that's a thing in there. That's a fact. Um, yeah, there's a lot of... It, it's funny because the whole time I'm like, this is like Snow Thumbelina. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I'm also, oh, it's also reminds me a little bit of Avatar The Last Airbender. In the first season, Yue is like stillborn and her parents are really sad about that. And so they beg the moon to like save her. And so the moon goddess like touches her. She comes to life, but they, they're like, we know she's going to have to go back. And eventually she does sacrifice herself for the good of everyone and then becomes the moon goddess oh, herself. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm like, man, this there's, whole yeah, there's a lot of things magic, magical baby becoming something bigger and more ethereal than themselves. Right. So this goes along with the the original Snegorochka, which was originally published in 1869 by Alexander Afanyasev, um, which was snow doll, which was a snow doll that came to life. So that's very similar. A later version um, showed showed Snegorochka growing up quickly and going with a group of girls for a walk in the woods, where they make a small fire and take turns leaping over it. And when Snigorochka starts to jump, she gets halfway before evaporating into a, into a small cloud of smoke. Or steam? Steam. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Um, so Everyone's like, I feel one. so sweaty and refreshed at the same time. <laughs> right. In another story, uh, she is the daughter of, the, of Spring the Beauty. I wasn't going to try and pronounce that because it has like <laughs> those weird H's and stuff. Oh, I, I was going to say, Yeah. Uh, and dead moros and yearns for the companionship of mortal humans. She grows to like a shepherd named Lel, but her heart is unable to know love. Her mother takes pity on her and gives her this ability, but as soon as she falls in love, her heart warms and she melts. This version of the story was made into a play known as The Snow Maiden by Alexander Ostrovsky. Um, it has this versions of this um tale have also been staged as a ballet known as this the daughter of snows which was 
performed in the Tsar's Imperial Ballet. It was also adopted into a opera, which was the Snow Maiden, a spring fairy tale. That just everything makes it sound happier than it is. I, I was going to say, it's okay. you know, that reminds me too. There's this uh, French band Dionysus, and I don't know if they came up with this story or if it's based on an existing fairy tale, but they have a whole album about this. It even got made into a movie in France, but there's a boy who was born on the coldest day like ever, and his heart was born frozen. So to save his life, they replace it with a clock. So it's like, you know, a cuckoo clock kind mm-hmm. of thing. But then they're like, you can't fall in love because your heart won't be able to take that. And right. spoiler, he falls in love and dies. Like uh, There are a few film adaptions that are like older. And then in 2008, Ruth Sanderson. Um, sorry, 2004. Ruth Sanderson retold the story in a picture book known as The Snow Princess, in which falling in love does not immediately kill the princess, but turns her into a mortal human who will live and then die a natural life. I like that better. I mean, I feel like if you're making a picture book for kids, it needs to be more like that. I mean, at least in the other one, she came back to life and got to live with Santa. Yeah. I, Santa. I was also getting like some Jack Frost vibes. A little bit. Like yeah. she, she's a very like Jack Frost-esque figure. And how, did you ever see Rise of the Guardians? Mm-hmm. He's got kind of a tragic backstory yeah, in that. That yeah, really bummed me out. Yeah, it was sad. <laughs> I was like, fuck, man. Are you serious? So that was the tale of Snigorochka. Now you can go to your friends. You know how when like Krampus was still kind of underknown and everyone's like, oh yeah, Krampus, I know all about that. We're like lording it over you because they were smarter. Snigorochka's coming for y'all. Mainstream, let's make this happen. It's going to start with those arrogant hipsters being like, oh yeah, I'm decorating my house and the feeling of Snigorochka. Oh, you've never heard of it? Oh, well... <laughs> Yeah, we can br- we can bring back putting her figure on trees. Yeah, she's like the angel. Yeah. Oh my god, I want a little Snigorochka angel now for the really top cute. of my tree. Yeah. It, the, here's the terrible thing, though. I can literally only imagine Elsa or the Queen from Narnia. <laughs> there are so many icy snow queen imager- images out there. I'm like, I can't think of anything original. <laughs> Are you looking up pictures? Yeah. Ooh, sexy Snigorochka. You do that for Halloween. But like this is where she's like a kid. Oh, that's super cute. I actually really like that. Yeah. I'm also. Please don't be a sexy Snigorochka. I'm weird. kind of upset at how high those image search results are for sexy Snigorochka. Like. Oh, that was cute. They're the first like five pictures. Are you kidding me right now? What is happening? What is happening is apparently your laptop. Is oh dying. my god! Did I accidentally unplug your charger? No, because it's still at seventy-seven percent. Like my mouse is flipping around. Look, are you fucking kidding me? Control Alt Delete. There we go. Eighteen minutes. Thank you. Ish, you'll be able to tell. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to Jesus. Cancel. All right, Emily. Is your story a little bit more happy than mine? Um, Not entirely. The ending, yes. But the, it's a little incesty. Oh. It's a little bummery. There's a really dumb prince, but it all works out in the end. I was a little worried mine was going to be incesty. Because like some of the, like some of the pictures, and then I was I was glad it wasn't. Well, with all those sexy Snigorochka pictures, you're like, oh damn, what am I getting into? So we are not a sex podcast. We are not a sex podcast. <laughs> Go and listen to sex se- uh, sluts and scholars for that. Yeah, That's a really good a podcast. Really good all right, so I am also covering a fairy tale, but because I'm tired of winter already, I decided to go somewhere a little bit warmer. So I am covering uh, Julie Julieda. The Leather Burqa Princess, an Arabic fairy tale. That sounds fun. Once upon a time, and first of all, I'm not doing any history on this. This is just... The fairy tale? This is the fairy tale. Emily's like, fuck research. In my own words. (laughs) I had a really intense STEM story, and Nazis were involved, and I needed something lighter. (laughs) That's fine. 
So once upon a time, king and queen who were madly in love ruled over their kingdom. With them was their daughter who the king treasured. Aww. Aww. Everything's starting out so nice. Why can't we leave it that way? And she dies. Yeah, literally (laughs) next sentence. Then tragedy struck. The queen died. Oh, no. Because of reasons. Leaving the king heartbroken. For one year, the king mourned at his queen's tomb. Like a little extensive. Just hung out at her tomb for a year crying. And then he was like, okay, I did my year of mourning. We can move on. And he decided it was time to remarry. He took his wife's gold anklet, hopefully from before she died or like her old jewelry box and not right. from her that's corpse. What, that's what we're going to say. Yeah. We're going to say it, we was, don't need it to was add, taken off when she died before she was placed in the tomb. Yeah, we don't need to add uh, corpse robbing to this story to make it any more twisted. So he took his wife's gold anklet and brought it to a matchmaker saying that he would marry any woman whose foot fit the anklet. Cinderella style, y'all. Yeah. In Cinderella fashion, the matchmaker tried to fit the anklet on every woman in the kingdom. But in what must have been a statistical impossibility, they could find no one that the anklet fit. I'm like, anklets? Like, okay, I'm assuming it's like one of those like claspy, like, I've seen them as wristlets before. I've never seen them as anklets. And I mean, like, I feel like there had to be, yeah, like that is definitely a statistic improbability. Either, or she had really big legs or really tiny legs. I was going to say the queen must have had insanely big or tiny ankles. Yeah. Like, but then the matchmaker made a Hail Mary attempt and found that the anklet did in fact fit one woman in the kingdom, the king's daughter. That's creepy. Why would you even do that? I like, know. Why even test her? I know. It's because the, the matchmaker had literally tried everyone else in the kingdom and was like, fuck, I literally have no more females Uh, I guess. I don't know. Mm. And uh, that's not the worst part, though. Apparently, this was not a deal breaker for the king. The princess was conveniently not informed of this arrangement that her father was like, yeah, I'm gonna marry her. But she did become suspicious when she noticed everyone around the palace was in a tizzy preparing for the wedding. Like, it sounds like she knew that there was a wedding happening, but she's like, oh, who's getting married? Everyone's like, "Uh, I got to deal with this. Uh, I got to go get the linens. Uh." I got to go, like, build a palace out of non and make it look really classy. And I can't fucking talk to you right now. (laughs) Everyone was under strict orders not to share the truth with the princess. But after she bribed one of the servants with her own gold bangle, I'm assuming not the anklet of her dead mother. No, she probably didn't. She probably doesn't well, have that A yet. bangle is uh, for your wrist, yep. correct? Okay. So, yes. So, she bribes the servant with a gold bangle, and the princess learned the truth. Her dad was super gross. So normally, like, I would probably collapse into a pool of, like, what the fuckery, but the prince... GTFO. I'd get the fuck well, out of there. Well, ex- that's... The princess is Kelly because immediately she jumps into action. She escaped the palace, perhaps by vaulting over a wall like a bamf. Yes. And made her way. Her street head cannon. Definitely. Uh, and made her way to the local tanner. For those who don't know, tanners tan leather. So everyone that you know with the name tanner stinks. No, <laughs> that's not what we're saying. Taking some real hard stances on tanners here. Mm-hmm. The princess gave the tanner a handful of gold and asked him to make her a suit of leather that would cover her from head to toe. Now, that is a lot of work for one night, but the tanner managed to pull it off. Yeah. (laughs) Like the image I get in my head. I get like an Ed Gein skin suit type look to it. Except, but like a dress version. Yeah. Well, he managed to pull it off because he was properly motivated because he was being properly compensated for his work. <clears throat> Take notes. No, gold. Like, pay your workers what they're worth. Or a little extra if you want them to work overnight. Oh, my God. Okay, so I'm for proper compensation of workers. Kelly is like, boobs, show them. Make them work for you. Yeah. That's Kelly's wealth secret. You got him, flaunt him. Yeah, boobs. This is why I'm broke. No, I'm she's kidding. she's gonna write the next financial book on like how to get For rich women. quick, <laughs> and the first page is gonna be like boobs. Next page, you a dude. Next page, sorry, <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> 
So he pulls off and crafted the princess a burqa made out of patches of different leathers, which again, mm. like could, could have been like really edgy, a little like boho, or it could have been a bit of a nightmare, but whatever. We're not judging. It was a purely she functional didn't say, exactly. garment. She didn't say make it look pretty. Yeah. She just said make it. Could I get some fringe like with a an, little faux fur? An, emper, an empire waist and a sweetheart neckline. <laughs> no. By the morning, the king had discovered that his daughter slash wife to be was missing and ordered the guards to find her. By now, the city was swarming with guards all looking for the princess, trying to appear as casual as possible in a multi-leather burqa. The princess made her way to the city gates. And it's not the burqa part that's like, I'm like, how many people wear burqas of leather, let alone well, like, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. This is a fairy tale. We don't need to figure it out. At each gate, she was stopped and questioned by guards, asking if she, if she had seen the princess. And she replied the same way each time. My name is Julida for my coat of skins. My eyes are weak. My sight is dim. My ears are deaf. I cannot hear. I care for no one far or near. I love how that rhymes in, in English so and Arabic. she asked for <laughs> a full... Yeah, so she it's not just... The burqa that she has. She has, like, the dress underneath the burqa is also leather. Because didn't she ask for, like, a full... That That's what a burqa is, though. I thought a burqa was just a veil. No, that's a hijab or oh. a niqab. No. I'm sorry for my ignorance, everyone. No, no, that's fine. So, basically, you can only see her eyes. Yeah. That actually might be a niqab. No, that's a burqa. That's a burqa. Okay, cool. So, I am using the terms right, and I'm glad that we have the internet so we can just double check and make sure we're referring to these garments appropriately. So basically, she's like, I can't see and I can't hear. Okay. And anytime someone approaches me, I'm going to say this little rhyme. So leave me alone. I guess you're right. The burqa does cover the eyes, but it has like the mesh where it can. the eyes are. Yeah. Um, and then the, how do you pronounce it? Niqab. Niqab is the one that actually has like the, the full eye okay. cut out. And I've, I've seen it referred to so, as a burqa, see, and I've go. seen illustrations of it as an e-cop, so I don't know. She Here, could have had is... either. That's super cool. There's a whole little chart for us. Yeah. But yeah, so basically she's like, I'm disabled, leave me alone. And apparently this was enough for the guards not to question her further, and she managed to escape the city. Once outside the city walls, Julida ran. She ran so far away. She just ran. She ran all night and day until she collapsed. <laughs> That's how that song actually Ran ends. So, <laughs> uh, so she collapses outside the palace of the neighboring kingdom. Girl got gams to run that Jesus. far. Yeah. I assume these kingdoms are not close. <laughs> so. So uh, obviously her, her name when she was princess must not have been. Julida. Julida because if she said, you know, like. Yes. Okay. Oh, man, that's so weird that this disguised woman has the same name as the princess, but she clearly isn't, so it's fine. So a servant girl came upon the passed out Julida, but thought that she was a pile of leather or even an Ifrit, which is a supernatural demon creature in Arabic lore. Yep. Usually fire-based. Yes, it is. So the servant girl got her own queen to show her the discovery. And when asked who or I what- I a demon! Or leather! Me. I don't know. It's either a demon or leather. Either way, we should probably deal with it. Let's go with a stick. <laughs> that would be me. Oh, it's I'd their like, own poke, version poke, of poke, stand poke. by me. Let's just find this body and poke it with a stick. So when asked who or what she was, Julida said, my name is Julida for my coat of skins. My eyes are weak. My sight is dim. My ears are deaf. I cannot hear. I care for no one far or near. I'm blind and deaf and I don't give a shit. So fuck off. That Except is I'm what not that actually says. deaf because I'm responding to your question. Well, it's, it's, it's this idea that like, I can't see very well, but I see that you're talking to me. So this is yeah. just what I say. Like, this is my rehearsed speech to communicate to people to like, don't, don't expect me to talk or communicate with you because I can't and I won't. <laughs> Again, this prompted everyone to just totally stop asking questions. Oh, okay, bye. Uh, and they enlisted Julida as a servant and she began working in the kitchen. I feel like enlisted or enslaved. A little bit of column A, a lot of column B, okay. probably. Demon or not though, like everyone has to contribute. 
Like you can wash some fucking dishes. So people with partners who don't want to wash dishes, a demon has to wash dishes. They're not better. Fuck them. (laughs) Fuck those demons. Yeah. (laughs) This kingdom's queen ascribed to a very progressive uh, work practice. And as thanks for the staff's hard work, she threw an elegant soiree for everyone. It's like the pizza party you get in the office, except yeah, yeah, at the end of like it's a full on ball. Yeah, it's oh, a I'd full on ball. I'm like, man, that that makes uh, working for a queen or potentially being a slave feel a little less shitty, right? Julida, for the first time since she had escaped her own kingdom, took off her leather burqa and underwent quite the glow up. When she made her entrance, Julida had her own Cinderella moment. Everyone was captivated by this beautiful stranger, including the queen. Because no one knows what she looks like. No one recognizes her because she's not wearing her burqa. Right, exactly. The queen had a son who she was eager to marry off. And this beautiful stranger was clearly the perfect candidate because she's, she's pretty as fuck. She's like the guard. That sounded very, very Southern the way you said that. <laughs> But before the queen could speak with this mysterious party guest, Julia Da, who may have been feeling overwhelmed by the attention because she was doing everything in her power to like not be seen, threw some sequins on the ground, causing a stampede of party goers trying to get their hands on some valuables, and she dipped it potato chip. But so sequins must mean something else to them. Yeah, it's not because I'm like the this sequence. Is it's not Kelly's boob sequins. Although that she, is also she valuable. Throw the, the, the game sequence on the ground and everyone was like, game! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's actually, uh, it originates from uh, ancient yeah. Arabic traditions, that game. Yeah, it's fine. But anyway, word of the mysterious stranger quickly reached the ears of the prince who decided he would make this woman his bride, sight unseen. Because creepy, she hot. She hot, yeah. according to party guests. Like super gorge. Oh she my god! Like breathtaking, dude. Oh my god! She's Look probably at great her in bed, but it's like so big and, and out there. <laughs> in an effort to trap the woman, <laughs> the queen wow. and the prince threw another party to draw her out. Which again, this is all kinds of problematic. Maybe like, it was why would super romantic that, at the though? time. I don't know. Everyone needs to party sometimes. We all need a night to just blow off some steam. And especially you're toiling away in a kitchen. You're exhausted. Your father was trying to marry you. You're like, I need my moment. You need a minute to like get into some nice clothes, take a little shower and just like feel really pretty. It's like when you have like a fancy girls night out. It's like, I just need to put on a dress and get drunk. Right. Oh, and maybe, I just need to be maybe, pretty and drunk. Maybe she was like, okay, everyone like freaked out the first time, but they won't freak out this time because they already saw me. Yes. Again, she was swarmed by intrigued party goers and they're all asking her questions and she's just like, get the fuck out of my face. She's just being like super aloof. She's doing that like <laughs> whole like hair twirl like. Do you ever have that? It like where someone approaches you and you just have your drink in your hand and they're like talking at you and you're purposely not looking at them and you're sipping your drink in the opposite direction. Like how long are they going to talk at like the back of my head before they just go away? Sometimes people don't understand. So this time when she was ready to get out, she threw pearls to distract them because inflation. Fuck yeah. But this time the prince managed to grab Julia as she left. As she pushed the prince away. nowhere. Yeah, basically, all just super aggressive, this guy. As she pushed the prince away, his ring slipped off in her hand. He called after her, at least tell me where you come from. Uh, It was very dramatic. He was on his knees. He was crying. He's like, thou has never seen an ass so tight before. (laughs) I thirst for you, stranger. My body swells at your presence. <laughs> Super romantic. Yeah, totally. Um, anyway, Julia responded to this for the first time. She didn't recite her poem. She said she had to keep running. Like instead, <laughs> instead she said something that was probably more frustrating. She said, I live in the land of pa- paddles and ladles before disappearing again. I like that, though. Yeah, I must, that means she works in the kitchen. 
Well, or I'm the glad, laundry. I'm glad you were able to figure that out because the prince super fucking did because it. Because like in old times they did use like paddles and ladles in the laundry. So it's either the kitchen or the laundry. Every time I read it though, I want to say paddles and ladles. Paddles and ladles. That one didn't translate very well into rhyme form. So instead of trying to figure out what the answer to this riddle might be, or just knowing it as Kelly did so Super intelligently, uh, the prince just decided to pack up some supplies and head on a journey to find wherever Julita came from. I mean, how big can the world be? Wow. This is a like, prince. I like that he's not just like, I'm going to look in my own town first because yeah. she showed up at... T- Two balls, like, in our hometown. That were specifically for the palace staff. I want to remind you, it's not even the whole city. It's like well, maybe the, the second, workforce. Maybe the second one was. No, I don't think so. I don't think they this, were. This, Julida, don't marry this prince. He's a fucking idiot. And this is a prince who's clearly never been told, like, he can't do something. Well, clearly his mother or someone did not inform him it was the palace staff ball. Like, someone dropped that ball. Everyone dropped the ball in this. So to prepare, he asked the kitchen to make a bunch of food for his journey around the world with zero direction. Naturally, Julida heard of this and made this crazy, ugly, misshapen cake to add to the prince's supplies. Okay. So as the prince set out on his journey to literally fucking wherever... He was strangely drawn to the misshapen cake. And no, here's the thing. This is like the only part that made super sense to me because you know how they say when you put your ticket in a raffle, you should crinkle it up because someone's most more likely to like gravitate towards the texture. She was doing that with cake. It was, it was like the pug of cakes, like so ugly. It's cute. Pugs are described that way. Brachycephalic dogs are described that way. I'm not saying pugs are ugly, but they've got that. That air about that face. them. It's got that I got face. that face. Yeah. <laughs> Which is adorable. <laughs> I forgot I wrote this. I wrote like a pug. It was so ugly. It was beautiful. <laughs> I love when you say something off the top of your head and then go, oh, yeah, I did write that. Oh, man, past me and present me are so in sync. Our uteruses are glowing at the same time. <laughs> in the past and the present. Yep. That's why past me and present me get my, get our periods at the same time. We're so in sync. <laughs> <laughs> what is that happening? makes no sense. I've lost control of this story. Anyway. She's not even like halfway through her wine. This is sober. Emily just fucking up. Yeah, no, I'm I'm topic. I'm fucking high on the holidays right now. I've got a Santa hat. I've got a comfy sweater. I've got wine. Kelly's got bells on. I'm loving this. So when the prince bit into the cake, he discovered something incredible. <laughs> Baked inside was the ring that he lost the night that he met Julida. <gasps> So finally, he put two and two together and pulled a Yui and returned to the palace, tracked down Julida and her burka, cut it off of her apparently, that, didn't ask her that's like- That's very aggressive. Yeah, this dude has I feel like no chill. might break some laws. He's the prince. That's true. Yeah. Which but still. It makes it more problematic because there's this inherent uh, power imbalance, but whatever. So he cuts off her burka and then the two got married. So yeah, but it's funny. Just very aggressive. He's, like he just comes at her with a knife. Ah! He's like a hammer. There's no subtlety, and he's a little dumb. Yeah, he's like, like he's he like can, a one to ten. There's yeah. no in between. Yeah, because it's like I can't figure. Oh, oh, paddles and ladles. I'm just gonna go out there and figure it out. I really hope what? he was like half a continent away. <laughs> like backtrack <laughs> super fucking far. Uh, so finally he. Uh, oh, sorry. So. Am I the only one that's a little disappointed in Julita? Yeah. I'm a little, like, here's the thing. She's clearly, like, doing a power play. He's the prince. She's a princess. And it's either marry him or keep scrubbing dishes. They could just take over the other kingdom. (gasps) But wait, there's more. I just realized that. I'm like, please tell me, like... Is that the end or is that not the end? Because she, she she could totally pull a power play on her other, her dad, her creepy dad. This is actually what my notes say. This is normally where we'd have the fairy tale ending, but wait, there's more. Yes. Kelly fucking knows me. Or at least there's the straight to VHS sequel. I'm good with that. So Julida and the return of incest dad. Ew. One day, Julida's father came to her new kingdom with the matchmaker lo- still looking for her. Because she's been missing all this time. And he's like, I'm still marrying my daughter. 
there is no plan B, which is gross. That's super gross. Like, just pick someone else. Yeah, or jump like, off a building, why, why you piece the, of shit. Why does your new wife have to have the same ankles as your dead wife? What is it with you and ankles, brah? He's got this weird foot fetish. I also get the feeling he doesn't see women as people, but no. interchangeable objects. Yeah, that's as how long I get as it too. their ankles are of the same circumference. Yeah. So this time, Julida was dressed up as the prince. Says she's Princess. no. She was dressed up as the prince, and she invited her father and the matchmaker for coffee. Because if she was dressed as oh. the princess, they'd recognize her. Okay, I, I didn't realize she was trying to be covert. Yes, no, she was being on the DL. The DL. Yeah. In what He's must like, have what been up, bro? Yeah. <laughs> He's like grabbing his crotch. Like, sorry, just let me adjust myself. Like being overly masculine yeah. to the point of parody, where yeah. everyone's like. Too much, Am bro. I not being masculine enough? <laughs> like right. they're so they insecure. Feel inadequate. Yeah, like she's being like comically masculine, and then somehow making everyone else feel insignificant and emasculated because they're like, "Oh shit, should I be grabbing my crotch all the time? I didn't know we were doing that." This is a thing. Shit. In what must have been the most masterfully passive-aggressive conversation ever, Julita kept steering the conversation towards references to her rapey dad. So she's like, yeah, yeah, the economy is so crazy. That reminds me of the story I heard about a princess fleeing her rapey father. You know what's really crazy? A dad trying to marry his daughter. You, that you know shit really is gross? up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. You know, one of our sources is talking to us about her creepy father and he's got this foot fetish, you know, and it's really, he's taking it to some really weird places. Like, right? like I'm not trying of to finding another woman. It's just like, ah, oh, I'm a bone my daughter because yeah. she has the same ankles as her mother. Like, I'm not trying to yuck on your yum, but there's a proper way but to do yuck. these things. <laughs> So after jerking them around for a sufficient amount of time where everyone is deeply uncomfortable, Julita finally revealed her true identity with a Broadway level of flourish. Oh yeah, I, I feel like she did the whole like pull the veil off and then like shake out her hair. Even though she's dressed as a man and probably not wearing a veil. Okay, maybe not veil. Pull the hat off and she's, like shake out her hair. Basically, it's the Prince Ali number from Aladdin and then she just takes off the poofy hat. And she's like, I'm a woman! <laughs> I just envision that, like, that, you know, movie-esque, like, hair flip. Yes. Oh, so sexy. Especially the dad, which is gross. The and match- then she goes, bitch, I'm a princess. Yeah. So she reveals her true identity, and the matchmaker was thrown into a ravine, and wow. the king, the king who was like, yeah, I'm going to marry my daughter, got off scot-free i feel like this wasn't the matchmaker's fault it kind of wasn't because he had a mission and what are you going to do if you disappoint the king you're going to get murdered murdered anyways anyway the king got off scot-free but that may have had something to do with the fact that he gifted his entire kingdom to julida and her new husband where they rule together and now they live happily ever after Don't, don't tell anyone i'm rapey here's my kingdom yeah basically he so he's not king anymore and i like to think Good. that he just like crawled into a hole and died and now he crawled be- in the ravine with the matchmaker yeah and now julida is like ruling the kingdom because her prince husband's way too like well now they're dumb. king and queen yeah oh yeah there's no way he ruled yeah he's a fucking idiot he, he's the figurehead his hat is very poofy and very ornate it has but a very she's big the like one. feather yeah there's a lot of ornamentation but everyone knows she's the one running the shots and mm-hmm. that is the fairy tale of Julida, the leather brick of princess. I'm glad there was a straight to VHS sequel. Yes. I The whole time, like when I got to that part, I was like, wait, I'm sorry, there's more. <laughs> You're like, normally it's just they get married and live happily ever after. Yeah. It was, it was like, oh, also fuck the matchmaker, get the kingdom. Now we can live happily ever after. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I want to go to a a warmer place for my story because it's so cold. Yeah, we should probably shut the window. My feet are actually getting cold now. Oh, okay, good. All right, well, Kelly, what are you thankful for? Uh, Not having a rapey dad. Well, I think we should all be thankful (laughs) for that, hopefully. Um, um, What am I thankful for? Um, I don't know. Like, I got, I'm thankful that I'm, like, kind of ahead of the Christmas game because, like, normally I'm, like, still buying gifts at this point. Um, but everything's ordered. I'm still waiting for a few things to arrive. Like half of Emily's present is still out in the universe. Good things are worth waiting for. It was supposed to get here on the 28th and I was a little disappointed, but now it updated and is going to be here on Sunday. 
And I'm like, that's a great update. Um, let's see what else. That's about it. Yeah. Oh, it was final. Or, oh, no, I'm going to save that for a different episode. <laughs> I'm not going to blow my load on this episode. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but yeah, I'm thankful that I'm, even though this will be coming out after, I'm ahead of the game. We're, we're recording this about, what, a week and a half? Two weeks before Christmas? A week? A week. A week before Christmas. We're recording it a week before Twas Christmas. the week before Christmas, and all through the studio, Kelly and Emily were uncharacteristically on top of their hoodio. Hoodio? I Shut up. What the fuck is hoodio? It literally, it I literally came dirty, up with that. Like, it sounds dirty and not dirty at the same exact time. Twas the week before Christmas, and all through the studio, Kelly and Emily were uncharacteristically on top of their audio. It's close yeah. enough. It's one of those rhymes where you can kind of get away with it. It's close enough. I'm, what are you thankful for? I'm super thankful because we had some really insane weather here. Oh my God, yeah, we did. We, I couldn't sleep. The wind was so fucking loud. It was, it's December in Minnesota. So naturally. first ever tornado. It, it's normally cold and snowy. Uh, we had a bunch of snow that all melted because it got up to like 60 degrees in yep. one day. And then that evening, the tornadoes and, we got and a tornado. winds and it like the winds got up to like 70 miles per hour. Right. And I mean, we weren't the only ones affected by it. Obviously. Like, uh, St. Louis got hit real bad. Like they had an Amazon warehouse collapse. That was prior. That was no, like that a few was that days. Night. No, that was days before, wasn't it? My, They had a roof on an Amazon warehouse collapse that night. And I know that because I have friends in St. Louis and they sent, they were like, this just happened. Oh, shit. I thought um, that was a, a storm that came up a few days before. I don't think so. Unless it happened twice. Jeez. But yeah, so like a bunch of people like were like, oh, my Amazon packages got like canceled. And they're like, yeah, I'm sorry. They're not going to go dig through the rubble of a building to find your package. Go fuck yourself. Like, I'm God. sure they're going to give you a refund. Jesus. But I mean, a lot of people fared off uh, much worse than us. Yeah, and it was, same. I was, I was happy because Jared's sister and uh, her daughter came over oh, and- good hunkered down during the storm because they live in an apartment and there's nowhere to really like shelter that's super great so we went to the basement for like the part where it was going to hit yep. us but other than that it was all just like hanging out and playing with with the baby and she's so smart and I love her so much right and yeah then- I, I did have I have friends that live on like the side of town because it hit like kind of the east side of Rochester okay and then like went because it was going northeast and so yeah I like- thought it was going south I thought it was doing this like the, no, the tornadoes themselves are oh, going okay. northeast. Because um, I know that because Justin was looking at it and he was like, oh, they're in Stewartville going northeast at 75 miles an Jesus hour. Jesus Christ. And I was like, oh, shit, I know people that live like in that path because it like it the path was just like right by the college and that was like it. That was like oh. the only, and so I know people that lived over there. So I like messaged them and it was like 11 o'clock at night. I didn't even notice. And I was like, are you guys okay? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you know, we woke up Evie because their kid is like less than two. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, you know, and we're all just hunkered down in the basement, can't sleep. You know, the sirens went off and I'm like, see, we didn't get any sirens. So it must have only been like Northeast. We did. Really? Are yeah. you considered Northeast? We're Northwest. Weird. I didn't yeah. get, we didn't get any sirens. Yeah, we heard them. But uh, something else I was really happy we were able to do. So I have some friends that live in a town just know? outside of right Rochester. It's part of the same thread. It's fine. Okay. Um, their power has been out for over 24 hours now and they don't have heat. And after that 60 degree day, shit got real cold again. And so it dropped that night, like Justin opened the door at one point to let the dogs out. And I'm like, yep, the storm's coming. And he's like, how do you know that? I'm like, because it's fucking cold outside. It went from being 60 degrees out to like freezing. But we watch her dog during the day. We're puppy daycare. And so we've been keeping her the past couple nights Aww. just to like make sure she doesn't freeze to death. <laughs> yeah, she's a tiny dog. She Oh, she's a little chihuahua. I love her. She slept curled up against my head all night last night. And actually, they just got their power back. But, I, but they're, I'm like, we can still totally keep her tonight. It's fine. Like, I kind of want to because she is the cuddliest little dog. And That's I love cute. her. And on, it's gotten... Well, I guess she did it in the summer too, but it's gotten cold enough. So Navi usually sleeps under the blanket. Like even in the summer she would. And she does the cutest thing. Like she'll come up to you and then she'll just be like, paw. <laughs> and she like just very gently either pause you or pause your bl- the blanket. And that means she wants to go under the blanket. Aww. But it's getting cold enough now that Dory's going under the blanket. Dory has a much more aggressive approach. She just kind of sticks her face in your face and expects you to know what she wants. <laughs> 
Oh my God. It's not fun when it's like 1 a.m. and you're like half asleep and all of a sudden like you just feel a face like right, like literally in your face. And then I'm like, eh, and then I open, like pull up my blanket and then she goes in and I'm like, why is that your way to tell me? Like that makes no sense. You know what my cat Arthur has been doing early in the morning? It's really sweet. Does uh, he lick you? No, he's graduated from hitting me in the face because he did that a few times where like I woke up and he just went like, boom. boom. Like right in my, I was like, fuck, what is happening? That's funny. I'll be sleeping and he crawls. he waited for you to wake up. <laughs> he crawls across my neck oh, yeah, Dory and curls that. up and purrs or he'll like curl up in my hair or like right against my face. Like he's like, I need to be part of your face and he'll just curl up and purr, which makes me feel loved. At least he's small enough that when he lays across your throat, you're not like, you're trying to kill me. Cause I had, a, does I had I'm a like, cat, you're suffocating me. I had a cat do that. He laid across like my face and I was like, oh, I guess this is how I die. It's really right furry it's warm yep well thank you so much for listening to another episode a festive episode of whining about herstory if you want to see everything that we've got going on in our decorations in our studio and our cool sweaters and holiday swag subscribe to our patreon become a funerarian or a funerista for as little as one dollar a month like us on facebook at whining about herstory and instagram at wah pod twitter at wah underscore pod our website is whiningaboutherstory.com and our email is whiningaboutherstory at gmail.com where we would love to hear from you we also have a spread shirt shop where you can get some sweet ass merch they make great gifts they do wink wink nudge nudge do it do it do it peer pressure I love my sweatshirt and my shirt. They're some of my favorite yeah, things to wear, honestly. Comfy. And it's one of those things, like, I don't want to promote anything that I don't actually give a shit about. Right. So I was very excited because we, like, our new merch shop has cuter things. Right. I'm like, yes, I actually want all these things. These are, like, items I bought from other podcasts, too. I'm totally going to get I'm very happy. our funerary cult t-shirt. Mm. I mean, we kind of have to. We're the leaders we of the, the funerary leaders. cult. The literaries, I just Oh, that's funny. We are the funeristas. We are the the mother funeristas. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. We'll figure it out. Anyway, also please raise five stars wherever you listen. It really helps us out and it costs you nothing. As always, I'm Emily. I'm Kelly. And have an empowered day. Bye. Bye.